Hello and welcome into the SoRare Data Football Strategy Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare. Joined once again by PSU fans to Sean Newsham. Today to talk about something that I didn't even think about until last night, which is usually what happens with us with our Monday shows. I send Sean a message and I'm like, how about a topic for Monday? And this one was actually one I wanted to talk about because of an instance that, or something that happened this past weekend that... Sean is salty about, as he should be, but also reminded me of a conversation that we had previously had on this show that I thought it was worth expanding on. Sean, how many Bart Verbruggen cards do you have? Two? Do I have two or do I have one? I definitely I have a rare. I don't know if I have a limited. Let we, me see. One so rare. He, you have a rare. Yep. So we both bought i think didn't you buy a, a limited also at the time i remember i bought two limiteds a while ago i think it was beginning the season where there was an expectation was he gonna go to burn is that what it was yeah so we were like we should buy verbruggen because like if he goes to burnley it's a great move and if not like how low could his card really go given that he's like a very young goalkeeper that is expected to start at some point and i bought two limits i traded one away i still have one the price did go down obviously after the burnley move kind of collapsed because he obviously has more value as a starter at burnley than as a backup at anderlecht however it appears he is now the starter at anderlecht and his price is now back up which was so that immediately reminded me of like when we bought him because we were like, oh, the downside like isn't really that low for like a U23 player. And I remember you and I had this conversation, kind of a similar conversation with Julian Alvarez that when he was going to City, it was like, well, obviously his like short term utility is not going to be as good. He's not going to start right away. But given like Erling Haaland's injury history, like there could be a time where Alvarez starts and he bangs a few goals. People are going to go crazy. And the upside is huge. And like the downside really isn't that low because like he's not going to go to zero as like a U23 player. So in like the situation where his upside is so high. So I wanted to talk about kind of like what we think about in terms of these situations of when you go to buy a player that like you don't necessarily need immediately. Now, for Bruggen doesn't match Alvarez in this instance because like when we were buying him, it was like, oh, he's going to be the starter at Burnley. But we didn't like sell out immediately when the deal fell through because it was like, well, he's not going to go to zero. So we'll just wait. And six months later, here we are. And the price is probably higher than when we bought him. So what are the things that you kind of look into? Because like you do buy players that like you don't need right away. I mean, it's just part of I think this guy is underpriced or he'll be higher later. So what are like the things that you consider, at least in, in like the downside when you're looking at guys like that? So I, I think there's a few key aspects that need to be considered when you're doing stuff. First of all, if, if you have a smaller gallery, you can't afford to just have a significant amount of ETH sitting there and like not being used. I, I gotta see, I gotta see if this person is around so that I can I can bash them properly. <laughs> uh, let me message them real quick. Um but if he doesn't respond, I'll get to it in a minute anyways. But uh, I like I like the person to be able to defend themselves via chat sure. if they're if they're around. But if you have a smaller gallery, and this this literally goes for anyone, I think you can't really do this. 
cards. Like, you do not have the ability to just have, like, a three ETH card unplayed. Like, you could not justify having a Florian Works, in my opinion. Like, you personally. Yeah. No, no, I completely agree. And your gallery is, like, 50 ETH, 40 to 50. So, and, like, I don't think you can... One day it was, Sean. (laughs) What? At one point it was. Well, so like, like I, 44-ish. I think All right. it's a it's a thing that varies from person to person. Like I have a gallery that obviously I can have a card that's less productive. Yeah, it's yours. Your gallery is about 45. Um, But like you need to sit there and be like, all right, I can justify having this card not used for a while. Or you need to be like, I can't have a card that's 10% of my gallery not play for six months or a year or whatever. So there are those things to be factored in. So when I'm looking at a card like this and I did not message you, Mike, that is correct. <laughs> I, I messaged our good friend, Harry trades and, and we'll bring it up. Uh, and I know exactly what card we're talking about. So I can, I can get that primed as well as I go here. So what you need to do is there's, there's two things that I try to do when I'm looking at a situation. And generally these are caused by, injuries or transfer rumors, uh, things like that. So I try to look at at two things. I look at what the upside is. So if this thing happens, what is this card going to be worth? And that's how I sort of set up my upside situation. And we'll we'll go over Verbruggen because we can, we have gone through the cycle where like it's pretty explanatory thing. So um, also, I like the Verbruggen thing a lot better when he was leaving and not benching a goalie that I have a super rare and limited of. Sure. <laughs> so, a lot better scenario with what we were looking at in the summer compared to what we're getting now. So that's what I look at from a, an upside perspective. From a downside perspective, I look at if this doesn't happen, what's going to happen to this card? Or if something bad happens, like where's this card realistically going to go? Um, and this could be like, you know what the scenario is going to be, and you just have a pretty good idea on it. So if you want to bring up uh, Verbruggen, Laird, we'll show people Verbruggen, and then we'll go through a few different options. The other things that I, I think you need to think about, too, is like, can I afford to not have this player in the event that the high end happens? Or like, if the high end happens, am I going to have to go and buy this card? So... The market was obviously completely different at this time compared to where it is now. And at the time when it happened, Verbruggen Rare, we're going to talk about the rares because I didn't buy the limiteds. I believe the Verbruggen Rare was in the like 0.3-ish range when he had nothing going for him. So the realistic downside on Verbruggen was like 0.25, Yeah. I thought the realistic upside if he went to Burnley was like 2 to 2.5 two ETH. Which we saw, he got to a capped uh, high end of two ETH. Uh, the the high point was two ETH, so he got to two ETH. And when I was looking and trying to make my decisions on him, he was around 0.6 to 0.7 ETH. So the way that I looked at Verbruggen was, if he does not get a transfer, he's going to be around 0.3 ETH, and he's going to eventually be a starter because Verbruggen is viewed as a higher end goaltending option yeah. in Belgian league and is going to start somewhere at some point. So it's pretty much, I was looking at like, he's going to be 0.3 for a while. He's going to eventually start somewhere. I will recoup my investment at a later date. Or he makes this transfer. He becomes a two ETH card and he starts for Burnley. One of the better U23 goalie options out there. We've seen what Murek's done. 
We've seen Harry Trades from a positive standpoint. We've seen what Harry Trades did with the Murick and Burnley defensive stack for like the month of uh, December and January where things were relatively light. Like I think Harry won U23 rare pro twice or was twice, like yeah. up there because he had that card. So it was a situation where you have to sit there and be like, all right, so if this works, this card's worth one and a half to two ETH. If it doesn't work, it's worth 0.3. Do I need to go buy Verbruggen if he makes this move? Probably not, but it was definitely a good card you want to have. So you look at it like that and it's like, all right, 0.6. So my downside is like minus 50% and eventually will come good. Upside is, is like 300% return immediately and an elite level card that you want to have. So for me at that time, I was like, Verbruggen is a great card that makes a lot of sense because the downside is very minimal. The upside is very high. So I was like, I'm going to go buy a Verbruggen. I bought a, a rare Verbruggen. I think I paid 0.6 or 0.7. Um, let me see here what I paid. So I think I paid like 0 0.6, 0 0.7. And uh, I know I got it from Bellama because we were doing things. And he actually might have given me a little bit of a discount because I helped him with something else at the time. Um, so I paid 0.6 yep. is what I paid for Verbruggen. So if you look after what I paid went to 0 0.7, 0 0 0.735, 0.9, 1.2, 1.5, 1.42 is what it capped at. So pretend I didn't even think two was an outcome and it was like 1.5. Uh, and it was like a good card to have. Now, on the flip side of this, you need to look at cards like Ansu Fatty. And we got absolutely berated. Roasted. Roasted for saying we would not buy Ansu Fatty. Whenever we had that discussion, I think, when, when was that discussion? Do you remember? Like probably three to six months ago? Yeah, I, I think the Ansu Fatty conversation is a little different than... Verbruggen, because with goalkeepers, like once they start, that's all you need. Correct. And with outfield players, like you need them to produce for prices to go up. Like literally the worst possible starting U23 goalkeeper is still like in the lead up to a season, at least an ETH for a rare. Yeah. So I, I do think it's important to like point that out too, that like the Verbruggen price rise came like when European prices peak anyway. Correct. And so... That's why you see such a huge run up. But, and it was also like he was going to like a fantastic situation at Burnley where they play a million matches a, a, a season. The Was that going to be a loan or was it a transfer? I think it was going to be a full sale. That's what I thought it was too. And he's Thanks. super young. Like his was like years of U23 eligibility left, not Murich who had one, which yeah. even, I mean, it was beginning of the season. So you still get the whole year, but like you had years of, of utility at U23. So, Ansu Fati is like he needs to play well in order for his price to to like really move up. Correct. And so the downside risk is he's he doesn't play or he plays and he's not that good and he's young. There's still years left that he can like become what you paid for, but it's just going to take longer for it to be realized. Correct. And then that's that's the part that people don't understand, right? Let's say Ansu Fati costs 1 ETH. And I do, we still are going to talk through the Ansu Fatty because it is definitely a thing. Let's say Ansu Fatty costs one ETH. That one ETH is tied up in a card you cannot use for this year. Let's just pretend you cannot use it or win a reward with it this year because that's pretty accurate. Like 
it would be difficult to really play Ansu Fadi and be like, this is a good option. Um, it's just it's just not realistic outcome. And like that 91 came after like four DNPs and a sub on a 31. So like, are you really playing him in this game where he played 27 minutes and just had three decisives? No. I was going to say, it's not. also three decisives. But yeah. <laughs> so like, anyways, the, and this is what we told Harry. I, I basically blasted Harry. I'm like, this card is so stupid for you to have. It makes no sense because Harry's gallery is probably a similar size to what yours is, I think. Um, and it's just like, the issue is, is you got to look at it. Like the upside of Ansu Fatty was probably 0.5-ish. The downside. The downside of Fatty was probably like yeah. 0.5-ish. And the upside of Fatty is like, if he became Vinny Jr., which is pretty much like what he needed to be, was you pretty much are like, Fatty is Vinny Jr. Because that, I think that's like a realistic outcome of like, if he absolutely smacked his high-end ceiling, like where he would have been. So if you would have said like, all right, he becomes Vinny Jr., you're like, all right, his upside's like five. Because that's pretty much the highest Vinny Jr. got to. So you're like downside is 0.5 and upside is five. And you look at Fatty and I will see what Harry trades paid uh, for it. Um, I like how you didn't wait for Harry to find out if he was here and just start. I messaged, him, I messaged him. He didn't respond. He's, I know he's been <laughs> sick a little bit late, lately. So, so anyways, he paid, let's say like one. Knocking the man when he's down already too. Sheesh. He paid like 1.7 for Fatty. So like the problem is, is you have a 1.7 ETH card that you literally can't use. That's just not super conducive if you have a smaller gallery. If you have a bigger gallery, yeah, you can probably sit on that and it's fine because the upside is getting to five. And maybe if it gets to five, you're priced out. Because like that's what happened to me with Vinny Juniors. I didn't buy Vinny Jr. back in the day and got myself priced out of him to where I could not get into him for like a year and a half because of, of what his price ended up being and what like my other obligations were to, to purchase cards. So like I get it. Like you don't want to get priced out and never be able to get the guy, but like Harry paid 1.7 ETH. If you pay 1.7 ETH and you get zero yield off that card, that's awful. Like, let's say the card's 1.7 ETH and you generate two ETH worth and you don't spend it on Ansu Fatty. Instead, you spend it on other cards that are helpful. And those cards generate you three ETH worth of rewards in the next year. And then you have to pay Ansu Fatty three ETH to buy Ansu Fatty. You still end up in the positive there. Like, you still was better to not have Ansu Fatty because you were able to generate three ETH worth of cards. So even though you're paying, let's say, one and a half ETH more, you were plus three ETH by generating with Ansu Fatty. So I think that's something that uh, Sower Josh just called Ansu Fatty Spanish Daku, which is probably pretty accurate representation of what Fatty's been so far. Um, he's been He's been available more. The injuries this year aren't nearly as bad as last year. True. He just doesn't play. Well, right. That's true. Which uh, is... For those of you who are unfamiliar with Harry and his gallery, uh, Harry also has the Harry Trades YouTube channel. I do looking up with Laird with him on SoRare TV. If you don't subscribe to Harry Trades on YouTube, you should. But so Harry's gallery is U23 focused and it's pure like quality over quantity. And so taking a card like Ansu Fati makes sense for him in in the sense that it's like people believe he's a quality player he's super young he plays for barcelona but it's also not as particularly deep galleries and it's made or ideally it's made to optimize so5 returns yes and that's why ansu fati right now doesn't make sense because like he he's a pure lineup killer given his scores correct and for, for the, a combination of reasons of like, he doesn't start often, but like when he does start, we don't always know. 
And so it just, it's a, it's a difficult card to work around and Harry doesn't have an unlimited budget. And so when you have a card like Ansu Fati that takes up so much, so many of his resources, you're just, he's just kind of handicapping himself budget wise yes. to get a player that could be five ETH within the next, I mean, what does he have? Four more, five more years of U23, four more. Yeah. But like, if you are building your gallery to compete as best you can in SO5, like right now, having a card that could be worth two, three, four X in the next four years doesn't really make sense. Correct. And that's the thing. Like it got to three and a half. Did you know that? Yeah. I was Fatty, just looking at it. got to like just under three and a half ETH, but I, I told Harry to sell and Harry did not listen, but it got to like three and a half ETH, which is crazy. But and now you look at it, it's like under an ETH. And I think it's probably still too high. It's, it should probably be lower. It should probably be like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7. Um, there were sales of 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7. But right now it's probably around one-ish, I would say. Um, Do you have one? No. I like, would, but, but again, like here's the thing, right? I'm a, I have a bigger gallery. And you and I have talked about this. I don't go buy very many cards like this. I buy a few of them because I, I do think it's important for a bigger gallery like mine to buy a few of them that you can sit on. So like I did buy an Arta Gurler, but part of why I bought that card is like, he has proven he's elite when he plays like his scoring is elite yeah. when he plays. And I was like this card, cause I paid, let's see what I paid for him. I probably paid a bit more than, so I paid 1.25 and I was like, I was pretty confident his floor was around like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6. Uh, it's actually been a little bit higher than that. But like, Gurler's ceiling is like six ETH. Probably. It's like, well, is he a? Oh, he's a midfielder. I was gonna say, he's a mid that just like, I mean, his his J AA rate in in small minutes is just tremendous. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if we'll. Like a six ETH U23 midfielder. Like, do we, what's the highest mid U23 midfielder we've seen? Oh, I don't know. We'd have to go back to, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think, I think you're, you're wildly overestimating. I, I don't know if you put up the score. Like, if he was like a 75 average player at like 18 years old as a midfielder U23, I don't know if that's, if that's that unrealistic, it might be. I, I think it's wild. I think that's legitimately wild. Uh, yeah, but I, we don't have a comp. Like, I don't have a comp for it. There's no comp. Like, I'm just trying to think of literally what the best U23 midfielders we've seen. And I, I don't mean, know Veerman, if Veerman, Veerman is the one that came into my mind. And like, Veerman, I don't think ever got remotely close to five, No, he was right? at like three, but the Veerman was an aging out. You, yeah, so you got to like 3.2, 3.1, 3, 3, just a little over three. Um, so like, but the issue was, is like when that happened with Veerman, Veerman was an aging out 23-year-old mid with some question marks surrounding him. Like, I'm not saying that it was a, it, the issue is like. The girl is, girl is just like a pure unicorn. Like, we don't know. We don't have, we don't I don't have a comp. Yeah. Like, I don't have a comp for what Gurler could, could have been. It, or, or could be. Like, he could still be that. Like, if he ever gets a significant run. But, like, we're probably a lot further from that 
possibility yeah. of happening than than I uh, I would have given credit for. Like we're probably a year a couple years off of that. Like like the, his AA when he plays is like absurd. Yeah, and what he does like when he plays like his underlying stats are just absurd. Like he plays very many minutes and just plows in decisive, plows in AA, just plows in a lot of stuff. Like it's it just he's just on on the surface level a very good card to own. Like you would want to own one if if he became relevant. But did I need to spend that? No. But again, it's uh, that, circling back to what we were saying. I don't go out and buy that many of these guys. Yeah. I bought, that's like one of the few I have bought like this. But if I win them, I don't really sell them. I use that as the way to bring these guys into my club and, and make them relevant. Like we talked about, like I want a Gavi and I want it. Let's see when I want it. I want it at 125. So I won it about a year ago, just under a year ago. I want a Gavi. And I was like, well, I could sell it for like two and a half or I could just hold it and it will probably dip below that and then not really use it. Actually, he's not really dipped that far. He's still around 1.2, 1.3 ish. Um, but like I looked at it, I was like, this is a guy that like he has the possibility to be a really good player long term. And if he ends up being that player, that's great. But I just am not going to sell him because I'm going to yeah. be pissed off at myself if I sell his rookie year card, which there aren't too many rookie year cards, I don't think. I guess there are. They, they got closer to 100. Um, but, like, I was, uh, in theory, like, this could be a all-time high-end player long-term because he's very hyped. Like, him and Pedri are, also, are yeah. very hyped, obviously. And he's already starting for Spain and Barcelona, and he is – only 18 right he's he's the teenager that's actually starting for Barcelona. yeah he's the teenager one of the teenagers actually starting for them not the ansi fatties but like so like i won the card and i was like i don't really I'm never gonna use this card and but at the same point i was like th that's how i build out my players like that but again i have a bigger gallery i can afford to do that i think it's a little bit different. like if you have if you have a 10 ETH gallery like let's say you have a 10 ETH gallery and you somehow win gabby you can't keep them. You got to sell them because you just can't sit on that card that's just totally useless to you for a long time. I think 10 ETH is fine. Like, I think if you have a 10 ETH gallery, or you're just talking about a rare, excuse me. I yeah, just looked over the limits for a second because yeah. that was my point I was going to make is that I feel like people who have 10 ETH galleries can speculate with these guys in limited easily. No, so like why I not? I don't think you can speculate for 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4 ETH and limit it with the 10 ETH gallery. <clears throat> I mean, it's 0. 0.1 for Gavi. Um, we're talking about like when it was at different times. Like, yeah, obviously now maybe you could speculate with them, but like again, like 0. 0.1 goes a lot further for you probably than sitting on a, a useless card. That's like, fair. I'm curious fair, to definitely. see what I've won with with Gavi. Let's see what I've won with him. I have won a Boris Lambert rare. That's all. Uh, I'm surprised you even played him. Uh, it was during the. I actually played him in U23 Rare Pro. It had to be a short week. Had to, yeah. <laughs> had to be a short week. Let's see. Game week. It's got to be some sort of one game, game week. Game week 323. Barcelona versus uh, whoever. It was right before the World Cup. Game week 323. Or it was, it was the World Cup. It was the World Cup. Match day one, World oh, Cup. Okay. There's, there's no U23 mids in the World Cup. And they played. Let's see who they played. That was like the wonky, super long. Um, 
super long game week and I played let's yeah. see my lineup because it was probably super duper great. Um let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna find this out. So yeah, you're talking like I did get a play in, but it was just because there was literally nothing going on right. at that time. So I played it was Josco Super Rare. I actually had a zero in my lineup actually. I probably we only needed really four well. players. Yeah so I had Zeno DeBost who did not play who looked like he was gonna play uh, so I played him. Then it was Gavi and Ferran Torres, and he scored a goal. And Josco, Gavi, and Ferran Torres averaged like 75 apiece, so I got a card anyways. There you go. Yep. But that's my only card I've, I've won with Gavi. I want to touch on this question quickly. I have an answer for it myself, but curious what you think. So where Josh says, with so many big U23 hitters losing U23 eligibility this summer, Veerman, one of them that we just talked about, do you think we'll see fewer U23 exclusive galleries moving forward? I'm going to say no to that. And the reason is, is because I talk to people that run U23 galleries. Like I've talked to Perez. I've talked to, to Harry. I, I think the view is still like, those are like the type of guys you want to win. And those are the type of guys that you want. Um, so even though like we're going to lose them bop and we're going to lose some heavy hitters, you're going to see people still prioritize it because those are still like the cards you want to win. Like if, if you, if the next person you have, that's the next Mbappe, whoever it is, they're going to be in that, in that area. And like, those are the cards you want to win and you want to win those type of cars and the best way to do it's probably u23 method um i do yeah. think next year is going to be interesting because right now there are not like alpha level cards in my opinion that are ready to to go um for the most part like it's just you lose a lot of super heavy hitters um so it's going to be interesting to see sort of like how things translate into the next season because you lose the the high end Mbappe's. I mean, I guess you still have Halan, but there's not many Halans. But like, you lose Mbappe, Gabriel right now, has, has left. Uh, you lose Jota. You lose Jesper Carlson. You lose Joey Beerman. You lose uh, a lot of other people as well. There's still going to be some good players uh, in it, but I do think it's going to be more. From what we see now, it's going to be more competitive. Like this year, it's been very difficult to win high-end, like, super high-end cards in, in U23 without, like, Gakpo and Mbappe. It's been very difficult up to this point. And I know that because I did not have either for, for most of, of the season. It was a big reason I, I stopped playing it. It's just, like, it was just becoming too competitive for my, for the way I wanted to play. Yes. I, I don't think, I do not think you can realistically play U23 on a super budget. Not saying you need Mbappe or... Gakpo, but like you can't go out there and fire U23 like Rare Pro with like, I don't know, I'll give an example here. You can't just go out there and U23 Rare Pro, and I, I apologize if you're doing this, but you're not going out there in U23 Rare Pro and running like Tati Cassianos and being like, yeah, I'm going to compete. You're like, yeah. you're just not. No. Um, or, or like like Victor Osiman, you're not really doing it with him. You're not really doing it with like Jonathan David. Like if you don't have these elite level forward options it's it's very difficult to complete in the u23 you can get away with like mids and, and defenders in different different ranges but like gakpo like if you look gakpo's l40 compared to like oshaman and oshaman's like a high-end volume score in like Serie A is like 18 points yeah it's i mean he's at the top of the list though so yeah. like yeah i think in terms of the u23 thing like the people who play u23 
like the process of U23 more than like the players themselves. Like they like scouting like young players coming up and like that doesn't change. Like the names change, but like the actual process doesn't. Hmm. I mean, winning Mbappe is cool and all, but like, yeah, yeah, there's that. But like, yeah, you can you can get away with other people. Like, obviously, in a given week, like I I played Tankstead and Tankstead, like I won a Tankstead and like I probably have decent success playing my Tankstead because he's been pretty productive. But like on a, on a given hole, like it is difficult to to really compete without some higher end guys. But again, like if I'm talking like Tankstad or Carlo Hulse, like you are not competing with like a 55 guy. Like it's very hard to compete compared to the other guys. Yep. Yep. Uh, going back to like kind of the downside conversation, are there any cards that you have bought that were not U23? Like U23 seems like the easy, just like, Oh, it's U23. I got plenty of time. And, you know, whenever this guy starts, I'll be fine. But, like, are there non-U23, like, players that fit into this, like, speculatory way where the downside is actually just not that low? The only option would be a goalie. I don't think any non-U23 players have that. I, th I think you pretty much have to be a goalie in that situation because if you're, like, a 25-year-old not playing, like, I, I I mean I guess actually I guess that's not true. I bought Depay because I expected that's Depay, right. So that is not. It's a great example, actually. Depay is a great example. I, I bought Depay super rare during the World Cup, knowing that I had really good teams in the World Cup and like the prices were pretty good. So I was like, I'm going to buy a Depay super rare. To and I figured like at worst I can use it during the World Cup, and then it if not, I should get a move. I don't understand how it's still at Barca to be honest, but like. I figured if he gets a move to like somewhere, he's likely to be really good. Cause everyone's like, well, is he going to be that good? Well, he was like, he was at Lyon and was like a full on alpha at Lyon. And it's not like Lyon's like some heavy hitting yeah. club. That's the best of all time. Like it's Lyon. Um, so like, this is a card that I was, I figured the super rare was going to hold value for a little bit of time. I actually have two rares too, because I want, I bought one. Because obviously, like that was a card I wanted because I thought he was going to be an alpha, and then I won one, but I won it when he was like dust, and then yeah. I bought the super rare. So like I have three deposits. <laughs> you won a dust card, and you're like, let me get that super rare too. Yeah, well, it was it was a long distance in between. Let's see when I won the. Let's see when I won it. I won it like in 2021. I won it early 2021. I won it 9 17 2021. Okay. That's why I won it. Yeah. But actually, here, all right. So here's a funny story. So I won it 9, 9 17, 2021. So where is that on the scores graph? Let's find where that is on the scores graph because I'll give you an interesting bit of information. Nine. So why is this not? Oh, wait. Hold on. So yeah, let's 9 17, 2021. Yeah, game week 202. Okay. So game week 202. So let's see where that was on the scores. Yeah, so right. Okay, so I want it like right there, right? So he's been pretty damn useless since then, right? Uh, and he actually he does still play a little bit. I have won with that card almost four Ethan rewards. Did you have he's one that like for like over a year? Do you have one that like was a three ETH card? <laughs> no, when I won him, let's see what how much he was worth when I won him. So I won him 917 2021. Um 
I mean, he still had some peak scores in here. So, like, it's not he like... He did. He did. All right. So, 9, 17, 20, 21. So, he was... His price when I won him was around an ETH. And I was like, I don't want to sell him around an ETH. I think he should be worth more. And he actually did. He actually did end up, like, doubling. He, he went from... When I won him, he was around 1.3. He got to, like, 2.3. I think I tried to sell him. I just didn't sell him. Or actually, I might have sold him. I might have had a third. I think I might have had three, actually. I, like, I think I might yeah, have It's had in three this range here, that. basically. No. Uh, so, Bald Sherlock just asked if I am looking for a forward unique with Tony Watt rumored to Division Four uh, Salford. Uh, I'm always looking for unique forwards because... Forward uniques is difficult for me to to get. So I, I typically am looking for forwards if they make sense. It's just, it's hard for them to always make sense for me to, to bring one in. But I am always on the lookout. That's why I bought the Tony Watt card because I figured it would be good in the cap mode. And then the rumors have hit that are not favorable for me. At not great. Point. Two comments that I want to touch on. Jonathan B said, U23 is the most unprofitable division in the game. No one can convince me otherwise. You can win two ETH in rewards, but lose three ETH in the process with transfers, and generally 90% aren't very good at football. I, think, I don't agree with that, but... I, I think it's actually extremely unprofitable for almost everybody. Yes, you have to be doing it correctly. If you do it correctly, I think you can be very successful. Harry is a great example of one. and But I think most people do it incorrectly or just poorly. They know what to do, but they don't do it uh, well and yeah you you can lose a ton doing it yeah it's definitely it's, the riskiest i think it's it's definitely the riskiest it's definitely the riskiest and you know i've talked about it like in back in the day i was more prone to buying guys that were the the elite level alpha u23 forward and challenger i'm way more prone now to spend the money and buy the jude bellium types that i'm not really worried about them just going and dying um that still do well but it's definitely like you have you think to, Jude is one that will move and die. No, no, he's one that won't move. And die. Oh, that won't. I'm like, sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, much yeah. Okay. more like that's so like, for example, like I bought Josco Gavardiol super rare. The reason I bought that is because I was a lot more convinced like Josco Gavardiol isn't going to transfer somewhere and rot on the bench for a year and a half. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so it's, it's stuff like that. Like I'm way more willing to buy guys uh, like that than I am to buy like a, a, a guy in challenger Europe. Like, I'll give an example. Like I'm not going to buy. I actually won him and sold him pretty pretty quickly. Um, is uh, Scov Olson like or or like Ferran Jukla like those guys at Bruges? Like I'm not as apt to like buying them as I used to be, and I would rather buy like Vinny Junior. Uh, so Metal Gear said doing it correctly in quotes is just putting in tons of money. That's not necessarily true either. I've seen people be very successful at U23. Uh, without putting in tons of money. They just are very active moving in and out of cards. Um, it, it's actually the comment before that, Flange said they know what to do, but they lack lack the funds. It, I think part of that is, is not knowing what to do. Like if, Correct. if you know what to do and you know you don't have the funds, then you shouldn't do it. Like, yes. Like that's the point. Correct. But you like you're, you're going into a situation where you know you're behind. Yes. And you're going in anyway. 
but you can do stuff with within your means like you just t- you talk about limited you can just buy limited to, of, of players i think um, but i mean so you so think that I, you can just buy limiteds i mean there are people who can't afford to buy limited u23 like a, a very competitive u23 limited correct. set and K-Sower just said U23 is very profitable if you don't even play it. You just buy lows and sell highs on players. It's very true. That's the- <laughs> Trading U23s can be very profitable. If you have the ability to scout and be like, because you don't even need it to happen. You just need like, if you look at a player and you're like, this guy's going to get rumored to Bayern Munich, Munich this month. just and, that, and he doesn't really play much. Like you can buy that card and then sell out with, with the news. Um, and, and so Flong's just made another good example uh, he said that you can win tier twos and tier threes in U23 and then become very viable cards that are are high end. He said he won Enzo as a tier two in like tier threes. Like Enzo, this card was like two and a half ETH at one point and you were able to win it as a tier two. I, I won him at one point. I, let's see where I won him at. Um, like that's how I got him Enzo. So that's a good example of like how I went about like getting some people like that like i won enzo enzo was a tier three at one point tier three in u23 so i won him 39 2022 so let's see how much he was worth 39 2022 um so i won him just under a year ago so when i won enzo he was around 0.5 so that was probably a tier one Um, it was a tier one in u23 and u23 rare pro and it was a tier zero in america rare pro which makes sense. And I want them later than other people. But like, yeah, you can win a lot of cards. Like the amount of cards um, that I've won from tier twos that have been ended up being like totally usable cards. I mean, you remember, do you remember our show where I won a Gleebog Super Rare? And I was like, so excited. That was honestly, I'll be honest with everyone. That was probably the most excited I have ever been winning a reward on Sower. And that includes Kimmich. I was so excited I got this card because it was a damn usable super rare. There was a U23 guy that scored really freaking well. And I was so excited about it. Um, Alex Wilson just says, I don't think I have the energy for U23. He's like, I have a Toby Lason uh, in the gallery. And once he starts he'll look at it a bit more makes sense because you're waiting on a goalie. So like, you don't want to sit there and have a bunch of U23 guys that are aging out when Layson isn't a starter and you can wait for Layson to come in uh, in the future. But like Layson is. Layson at least has the benefit of like, we, we think we know when he's going to start. And Layson's a good example of like that guy you could buy and just sit on. Like you could have bought him a year ago for 0.08 ETH. He's been between like 0.2 and 0.3 for like over a year now because it's known that he's going to start when Vandevoort's gone. Like, so this is just it's a assumed. Card. It's assumed. Assumed. Yes, it's assumed. So like there's ways you can go about U23 and sort of like value. You and I talked about before, like there's value storage um, in U23 goaltenders. If you buy a U23 goaltender that you know is like the backup goalie, and you um, are just waiting. Like you, the guy's probably not going to lose value. Like whatever you paid is most likely not going to lose value as long as you buy him before it's like known this guy's going to come in and start if someone else is injured. And 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 that's the case. Like we saw the spikes at the you end. Mean, of the last you mean season. lose value? Like basically go to zero? Yeah, like basically like I would go- say we have the Verbruggen example is perfect. Like you lost fifty percent of the value, but like obviously the upside was much higher than where it was when you. I actually, I don't think that he went down 
um, below what I paid. I'm not sure if Verbruggen, I'm going to check. I don't know if Verbruggen's like gone down below what I paid. Um, the lowest Verbruggen has got was around 0.4. So yeah, I lost like a third of the value on what yeah. I paid. Uh, and that was, that was like the floor that Verbruggen went to after. And like, he literally sat on bench. Like I, when I bought him, he didn't start a game for like eight months. And, and that's still him. kind of a wild price for a guy not playing. But but he's also the guy that like I bought him late. I bought him after it was known that this guy's like going to be the next starter if no, no, Tom no. Bruges is hurt. No, no, no. Or he's oh, gone. Say it again. Sorry. I thought you were talking about the movie. Like I bought him on a this guy's getting transferred and is going to be a starter, or like I bought him on like the news that like this guy was gonna be a starter. If you bought him in like let's say March of last year, like go look up like March of last year, you're talking like Point two, yeah, yeah, yeah. two point three. He's not going to go below that value. And this was already a known commodity. Like Verbruggen had already played some games for them. Like if you buy a guy, De Kaiser's a good example, and, and he's a good example of a guy that I bought way before he started a game. Like way before I bought him, I won his auction, his super rare auction, for point two on. March 16th, 2021. That's wild. So I bought his super rare on March 16th, 2021. So we're talking almost two years ago. And since then, literally I paid 0.2 and the lowest it ever went for after that. Like it did go down to like 0.068. But like as soon as he started, it was two ETH card. It was like literally selling for one and a half, two ETH. And you can just... and. I, I wouldn't recommend buying super rares. I don't think super rares are the most liquid and, and way to go. I would buy rares, but like you could have bought a, if you bought a rare at the same time in which like I bought the rare, you would have bought it at, let's see, like you would have paid 0.04. Yeah. So you would have basically I mean... paid a threshold. And then like, it didn't even matter. As soon as he started, he was like 0.8. I don't, I don't think he was a, I don't think he was a backup back then though. Like, I think he was no, like he literally, was. yeah, he's like not even in the squad. So, like, that's guys who are backups. I think, I the think he was a starter for their under 23 team. I yeah, yeah but I'm like just saying, like, for like the Utrecht U23. If they're two moves away, two injuries away from starting, the price is significantly different than if they're one. That's all. Yeah, but the, the, the price is different in a way that it's like so cheap that it doesn't even hurt you that much if you can do it. Like, if you, if you spent one ETH and just bought like 20 guys like this, you need one. You need one to pan out over like a three-year stretch. And worst comes to worst, you sell them for like 90 cents on the dollar. All yeah, I mean, that's things. what we talked about with the uh, during the Verbruggen time. Just like the, the downside is not, it, like if you just collect a bunch of these guys, and which I bought like a couple random ones, which. We both did. I don't think tons of them have panned out, but I've had a couple pan out. I mean, the the benefit is if you buy the ones that are young enough, like your time frame of being right is gets extended, so it was fine. Yes, correct. That's uh, that's the key. Is like I definitely have bought. Like I'm trying to think of some other ones that I've that I've bought um, in this situation. Like oh no, Gareth Bale. Uh, so Alex just said Gareth Bale has retired from all football. That I don't know if it's true. I haven't seen it. It is. Up. It is true. I'm looking at his tweet announcing it right now. R.I.P. Davis Maddock. Well, yeah, poor Davis. Poor Davis Maddock. Oh, Davis bought his car too. He did. Oh man, I'll have to. I'll have to bust his balls about that yeah. one second. Have to do that. 
That's right, Sean. Um, These are highly collectible items. I'm sure it'll maintain value forever. Yep. So yeah. Uh, Thank like, you, Alex okay. Wilson, for passing along that breaking news. Poor, poor Davis. I just, I just messaged him. So like, I bought like. <laughs> poor Davis. I just rubbed it in on his. In his yep, I definitely did. So uh, like, I bought like Nicholas Polster. I don't even know where he's at. I bought Vladislav Tarop. I don't have a clue where he's at. I bought Tish Jansen. You and I both like the Tish Jansen play. So yeah. There's Garrett Bale news for those wondering. Um, apparently, golf has uh, has overcome. Um, another guy I bought is Fred Emmings. Um, Andy Black's boy. I was going to say, let's not, let's not take credit for uh, Fred. No, I, well, that's why I bought it. I literally, if anyone ever is like, hey, Sean, here's a 18-year-old goalie that costs 0.02. Let me know. I'll buy him. I'm, I'm in. I don't really care anything else about him. I'm buying him. I bought a Maxime Demand Super Rare, and he hasn't come through, but he's played a game before. He did play at one point. Um, I bought a Calvin Ratsy, who now is on Utrecht with, with uh, DeKaiser. Um, and plays as the backup when the Kaiser's not in, so so maybe he'll get a start again here before um, the Kaiser. I bought. I didn't know that about Royce. Oh no, yes, I did. I saw it the other day. Yeah, I bought a Bo Royce. Um, I bought the Kaiser. I bought a Simon. And yeah, good luck with it. Um, Nep Nep has a great pronunciation of this guy. He knows what, what's it. Nep's pronunciation. I can't even like I, like I can't say it, and I think Nep won the, won him, and yeah. So it's a great, actually a very entertaining reward video. I would pronounce, yeah. That, Anyone who doesn't follow Nep on Twitter, you should definitely check that. You should definitely. I'll, I'll have to check it out. Um, I, I follow Nep on Twitter, so yeah. I, I. Well, who, who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, I don't know who doesn't follow Nep on Twitter. Definitely, definitely not me. Um, Simon, I would pronounce it Simon Ngap Pandalude Ndub. I don't. I, yeah, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> I bought it. I bought a Peppy Bonet. I bought a Toby Lason. I bought a. Arnie Schultz. I bought an Ennio Vandergoo. I bought um, a Vic Shambare. I bought a Marcel Kostenbauer, an Aaron Von Lair. I bought a Durso, which that one hopefully Let's go. Is, hopefully Durso season is on us. I bought a Bake John Bum. So like so like we just we went through this pretty quickly. I bought a I, I want a Meese backer, but um, so we just went through this pretty quick and. I but three of the guys that I bought have became starters. So I bought Bake, Durso. Well, we're gonna assume Durso as a starter for the, the sake of this. And I bought the Kaiser Super Rare. Those three guys have become starters. I probably paid like 0.8 to one ETH for this whole lot. And I probably could have sold them once they were the starters if I wanted to sell at like three to four ETH. And I have another like 15 of them just sitting there waiting to like get loaned to like FCM in and start. What yeah. What did the like how did high did the DeKaiser two ish do? There were there, there were actually. I think if I remember correctly, after it sold for two, I got some offers in like the two to two and a half range too. Um so Connor just said that Nico Mantle yeah, Mantle's probably gonna start. start. That is good for me. I I won two of them back to back game weeks. So um that that's a good chance. Yeah, KSO where I was talking about Bake Young Bomb is uh, a good chance of starting this year. So like realistically, like three and like if we look through all these guys, like all right, so I paid 0.044 for Calvin Ratsy. If I want to go sell Calvin Calvin Ratsy today, I could get 0.08. So I doubled my money with Calvin Ratsy, and the dude literally has done nothing at all whatsoever. 
and he's just Mather. So like, let's check out Bo Royce. But, but, but also like, there's no reason to sell him right now. No, Unless you're like desperate for ETH. Like there's no reason right. to sell. So like Bo Royce. I, oh, is Bo Royce going to start somewhere? People are paying 0.399 for Bo uh, Royce. So I was literally looking at Royce this morning. Cause I had, I bought a Royce limited back when, like when we bought, I bought Janssen, Rare Unlimited, and then Royce. Maybe I, tr I think I traded for Royce. That'll actually be fun to watch. He, let's see, who'd I get this from? Powell. Where's, this he, get, where's he going? This could get ugly. Oh, no. I don't even know That's who fine. those, yeah, I don't even know who those guys are. Um, but yeah, I noticed that the Royce, like Rare sales were like recently absurd. Why? Yeah, why? I don't understand. Is there this is funny because I literally I don't I don't follow this stuff. Actually, you know what? So like this range is we talk about it um frequently. So like and Royce hasn't been in the freaking squad this season. Um yeah, no, he's on loan at um yeah. Wasslin Bearman. Didn't oh, they get re relegated last year? Yeah, so he's probably starting for them. They pro you know what? They're probably winning the, the Belgian second division, I I would imagine. Let's see. I was going to say, if you want to look it up. Yeah. Let's see if they're winning the Belgian second division table. Um, they are not. Beer sh the beer shitters are actually are actually oh. leading right now. Um, I can't find it as easily as I want to find it right now. But um, I'm going to assume that Wasson Beveren have a chance to, to go up. Um, yeah, so as long as like, so Royce is still on the bench. Royce isn't even there. <laughs> and if he was, like, he wasn't in the squad when he was there anyways. But... So yeah, but that's insane. They're they're on to be promoted and talking about AZ. Yeah, like I just you just I don't even look. I literally don't look for guys because like I don't I I just I'm not gonna sell any of these guys until they're the starter. And then when they're the starter, yeah. So Mike Basson said that he is the number one for Beverin, um, which is which is good, right? Like that means that there's a realistic chance that if they, like he gets them promoted or gets them close to promoted. Good shot, Bo Royce ends up somewhere next year as a starter. At which point, Bo Royce is like, even even today, if I want to sell, be Bo there. Royce, yeah, even today, if I want to sell Bo Royce, I can probably get two to three x what I paid for him. So Bo Royce has done nothing since I bought, and I can three x my money on him. Um, but like, I don't look for news on these guys frequently because I don't care that much at the moment the best limits litmus test for like what's going on when do i get offers if i get offers for a goalie i'm like yes guy's starting or guy's starting now yeah, yeah yeah and then i'll go look then i'll go look so like today i'm gonna give this example because i literally have no idea why i got these offers today but i got two offers for the same player which means something has to be up so i'm gonna look it up right now because i was like why am i getting these offers I got two offers today for um, Amadou Sanya, who is like in the in the well, I don't even know where he's at. He's in second division somewhere. There has to be a reason why I'm getting offers for him today, and I don't think that I don't think that it's that he like starts in the second division. Maybe it is. I don't know. But like, I got two offers for him today, and I was like, Why well, do you I have wonder, one of these? Have you I wonder if something good is happening. So I'm gonna I'm gonna search him, see if anything happened on Twitter. You've just had this card forever. I think I I think I got this in like a gallery buy from like I was gonna say, I think this started your 
Nope, second one. Second one, yeah. yeah. That's like basically started your, or I guess it. No, that was actually a bad buy. Not a bad buy, like broke even on it because like as soon as I did that gallery buy, the market like died. Mm. So like I paid like 85 thinking I could get like a good return on it and I did not. But luckily I was quick enough to at least get out of most of it um, and not not be a bad one. But yeah, the amount of times I really get... Uh, I really get like goaltending and stuff is like, if I see it, if I see an offer for a goaltender, I'm like fist pumping. I'm like, Ooh, cause you just know that goaltender is getting rumors at worst rumors of him starting. And yeah. you're like, yes, that is fantastic. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, again, it's, a, it's why we focus on goalkeepers more because the starting is the outcome you need. Yes as opposed to outfield players where like actual success is what you need. And so in fact, some U23 goalkeepers are worse once they start playing because people are like, oh, this guy's actually shit. So if he hasn't played yet, even better. The sky's the limit for everyone. Yeah, you just like, I, I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than buying goalies. Buying goalies expensively sucks. Buying them cheap is great. Buying them cheap is great because then I don't care. But like paying like one and a half ETH for a goaltender, oh, that sucks. I will say that winning cards is great. Having one of these goalies turn out to be a starter is just amazing. Oh, it's, it's so great. Oh, the feeling I got the first time to Kaiser started was like, oh, I'm sure. Oh, so nice. I'm sure you basically hit the lottery. You're yeah. just like, yeah, I think actually. So, you know what, too? So like that week. I, I had you saw me rupture his Achilles, I think was like the first start for DeKaiser. So like, I just got brutalized that entire week with like injuries. And then DeKaiser super rare, like came alive. And I'm like, yes, I should have sold it. But I mean, didn't, didn't make it happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Flong says it, it feels like a free new goalkeeper. <clears throat> and a lot of times for people, like if you're sitting on these and again, like, I don't think this is a strategy that like everyone should take. I do think that if you generally play rare and super rare. It's like even worth just buying some of these guys in limited because you can hold them and, and it's fine. But it, a lot of times it can also just open up another division for you. Like, or, or another lineup that you can like put in. Like, it's not like, oh, now I can play a better goalie here. It's like, oh, now I can actually enter something else. And with the way that like threshold comes now, you need to have a goalkeeper of that scarcity. And so like, there's just... It, as dumb as it sounds, it's like one of the best parts of the game. It's just like winning a reward without winning a reward. You just yeah. like, you know, like new goaltender just plops in your gallery. You're like, yeah. Oh, I think I think it's actually better than winning a reward because I, like, I bought this guy for 0.01 and now he's worth 20 times that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Davis, Davis, unfortunately, is asking me what he should list his Garrett Bale for. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I think you're just gonna hold on to that one for collectible purposes forever. Quick, I quick mean, learning lesson. For, for fairness, I'm fairly certain we both told him not to buy a card, not to buy a bail. And he was like, no, I just love bail. And I'm like, well, now we're about to find out it, how much it, he loves bail. He didn't pay that much. Like, it wasn't like the end of the world. He paid 0.25. I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm definitely not, like, loving it if I paid 0.25 on Gareth Bale. But, I mean, you could definitely have worse than that. I think. Floor is 0.07 now, by the way. But I, don't, yeah, it's it's I wonder if this is the time where he can like buy this, like get this one, this bail number one. Go get a collectible bail at least. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so Con Connor said the the opposite is crushing when you spent decent money on starting U23 goaltenders and they get benched immediately. Oh, I mean, absolutely the worst kick in the nuts in the yeah, game. Yeah, it's not it's not fun. I think like I lost like five goalies this weekend or something. It's not fun. <laughs> I don't I I hate goaltenders. They're they're terrible. Speaking of goaltenders, Laird, I think we need to have like a why does PSU say goaltenders comment. Um Marco Sullivan says U23 goalkeeper roulette is worse than the Russian than Russian, than Russian roulette. It's not fun. But anyway, <laughs> circling back. So why does PSU say goaltender? I grew up my entire life around hockey. So when you spend your entire life around hockey, it's goaltender. So like that is why I say it instead of goalkeeper. For for those wondering, if if people want the origin story of why I say goaltender, that is why. Yeah, it's not even much of a story. It's just as simple as like you used to follow it hockey. It's funny to me, though, because you have followed, I'll even call it football, just to make the point even stronger. You have followed football so much closer than hockey for like a decade, yeah. and yet you still can't get goaltender out of your head. Not not a decade. I would say like last three to five years. I, half I follow, a decade, John. Yeah, half a decade. But I'm saying, no, it's it's I spent that much time in hockey. Like I literally worked in hockey. I was involved in hockey i was i've done a lot of hockey related things in my life as well so it's difficult it's the same thing with saying football or soccer like i can't just not say soccer all the time because it's difficult also i don't care about goalkeeper or goaltender like that i don't care about it i think so, I, i'm not i'm not going to let you get away with it that it's the same as what was the example you just used soccer and football soccer and football because everybody here calls soccer goalies goalkeepers like nobody refers to an to an american goal goalie as a goaltender in they soccer should. they should i'm gonna start it I'm there are no start. soccer goaltenders i'm gonna, I'm gonna start <laughs> i'm gonna start the trend that's gonna be a new thing in america is everyone's gonna call a goalkeeper a goaltender yeah i mean I, otherwise I, I say, in gloves and pads and i say goalie frequently as it is so that's true goalie, i think goalie. you know if you had just said goalie the entire time nobody would know that it was actually short for goaltender Correct. and goal, goalie is goalie is the same in hockey too like it's it's goalie yeah. in hockey so it's, it, it works pro, it works well for either of them but yeah like goaltender is definitely better than goalkeeper you know thank you everybody for joining us live Thank you, Gareth Bale, for all the memories, including um, ruining a DraftKings GPP win for me once for, with his brace off the bench for Real Madrid in the Champions League. So, to be Mike, honest, Mike I'm, Baston is is saying that Laird's 100 right. Laird's had a rough day already. I'm I, just gonna I, leave this right on the screen so that that's the that'll be the. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if Laird's right. I woke up to like a bunch of drama about Laird being wrong on something. So. Laird, Laird being right is just not a frequent enough occurrence. <laughs> so here it is. So we're going to end the, 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 this is how we know that, that the stream should end because Laird is 100% right on this one. Thank you, everybody, for joining us live. I see a lot more people currently watching somehow after 59 minutes than have liked the video. So if you guys could please like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Share this with everybody who doesn't uh, already uh, watch and listen. It's always really helpful to get more people involved. Um, go follow Nepenthes on Twitter. He's always a good one to follow. And uh, we'll be back sometime. We're going to have a different time next week, different day next week, um, as I'll be off on Monday. But uh, we'll keep you updated on that. 
And so thank you again and good luck everyone.